The following is a CA original. The mighty sound of the South, tailgating on Tiger Lane. Tom three at the Liberty Bowl. Each one a Memphis football tradition. This is the Tiger Football Podcast. What's happening, Tiger football fans? We are back for another edition of the Tiger Football Podcast. I'm Mark Giannato, the Commercial Appeal Sports columnist. I'm joined by Evan Barnes, our Tiger football beat writer, and Jason Munns, our Tiger basketball beat writer and uh, general good guy. Thanks. Um, We are uh, a couple days away from uh, a big Thursday night tilt for Memphis against Navy, their AAC opener. Um, Memphis is 3-0, Navy's 2-0. Uh, Navy really hasn't played anyone tough yet, so I, you know, they've looked good, but I don't know if we really know that much about them at this point. But obviously, have have been a thorn in Memphis's side since joining the AAC. Memphis did beat them the last time Navy came to the Liberty Bowl, but last year, obviously, a very disappointing 22-21 loss in Annapolis for Memphis. Um, so. This should be an interesting one. Uh, I think we'll learn a little bit more about exactly what Memphis is after this one. And the thing, Evan, that really stands out to me is when you look at what's taken place over the last week or two, uh, this is really setting up as a kind of, not a statement game necessarily, but a game that can really set Memphis up well because you know, UCF has lost, Houston has lost, um, Temple. Tulane, Temple has lost, Tulane and SMU appear to be uh, rising. Really, really good, at least for now. I don't know about really good, we'll, we'll rising. Right, okay, right. But um, what, do you th- what do you think this game means for Memphis, Evan? I think in the grand scheme, I think this game pretty much says – Let's pr- Memphis can prove this game how good they really are. They can prove this defense really is as improved as we think it is. They can prove that they are trying to win the AAC, not just win the West. So I think that for them, this game is important to basically say, this is legit. We want to do this and not just fall apart like they have in their first conference games. The last two years, they lost their first conference game to UCF. They lost to Navy last year. Uh, two years ago, they lost to UCF. But this could set the tone, I think, for a really good season and – that they are going to compete for more than just the West. Well, the point you make is like it's not the end-all, be-all in that they lost their first conference game the last couple of years. And I think um, what we've seen is I think this year, is, especially in the West, is going to be similar to last year, where the West champion, my guess is, will have at least a loss or two. No one's going to run through this division because – I don't think there's a dominant team. Memphis, if there is one, it's Memphis. Um, but I need to see that before I believe that. And they can show, you know, if they come out on Thursday night and stomp Navy, that might be the proof that this Memphis team is ready to dominate the West Division. See, I'm not so sure if what we see Thursday night on ESPN is is going to be reflective. I don't know if we're going to be able to use what we see Thursday night as a barometer necessarily because Navy is so different, right? I mean, 
Memphis only put up 21 points last year, and I know it was in the rain and on the road and all that stuff, but they only put up 21 points last year, and that was like uh, uh, an outlier, right? I mean, they scored a bunch more points than that in pretty much every other game. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm just not so I'm not sold on the idea that what we see Thursday is going to be. It, it'll tell us about their moxie, maybe. It'll t- it'll give us an idea of what kind of a resolve they may have. But I don't know about as far as X's and O's and and all, and all that stuff. I'm not sure if it's... Well, here's what, here's what I'd say. To that point, I think defensively, like last year, Memphis's defense, aside from a aside from a couple drives late, actually played pretty well in that Navy game. Right. But here's where I'd say that Navy game actually was a barometer of how that season went. It was the first sign of this team kind of faltering late, which was a problem in all of their losses. And then, two, offensively, I think that was the game that convinced Mike Norvell, I have to ride Daryl Henderson and Patrick Taylor. Because late in that game, he did not... Daryl Henderson played really well in that game, and they didn't give him the ball enough. Right. And right. I, So I do actually think that game last year ended up telling us quite a bit about what that team was a year ago. Um, yeah, concept-wise and, and strategy-wise and coaching-wise and things like that, you can learn a lot from, a, from any game, mo- most any game. But as far as if, if Memphis only goes out and wins, you know, whatever – Ten to nine or something like that. I'm not say like I'm not gonna be like, oh no, the offense. Oh, I mean, like, like I said, the the winner of the West is gonna have a couple. Like if they lose this game, by no means does it mean they can't win right. the West division. Right, still, right, they right. still get to play Tulane, SMU, right. and Houston. Like their fate can they can still still, I think still have you know their fate will still be in their hands. Yeah. Now the sense I get about Navy is. They went three and nine last year. Very uncharacteristic for Ken Numatalolo. Yeah, I don't know. I don't think this. They're back to being ten win Navy, the Navy they were when they first entered the AAC. But even though they haven't played anyone, the sense I've gotten just from reading the people I know over there in Annapolis, because I used to cover Navy a decent amount, and just listen here, seeing the quotes from. Numata Lolo and Ivan Jasper, their their OC, longtime OC, and they have a new defensive coordinator, I believe. Yeah, they're better than last year. Like this, they they feel like they have a bowl team. Like this isn't a bad team, and so um, it like I this might be this might be the best team Memphis has played. I don't know. I don't know if they're better than Ole Miss or not. Well, I'd say they're better than Ole Miss just because we saw what Cal did to them this weekend. I mean, well, Cal's a ranked team. Well, they're I ranked, know. but, I mean, we know Ole Miss. They're, the, they're, but, the, they're but, the lead dog in the Pac-12 but, all of a but sudden. But Ole Miss. And Ole Miss almost beat them. Almost beat them, though. Yeah. And Memphis played them a, lot, a little bit better than, than uh, Cal did, in my opinion, from what I saw. So I think that I'd say they're probably a little bit better than Ole Miss, just on paper at least. And I think Malcolm Perry, Malcolm Perry will be better than anyone on offense that Ole Miss yes. faced. How, what what you know, Malcolm Perry was the reason Navy won that game late last year. He he turned. Well, he, it, was it fifty fifty rain rain Malcolm Perry? No, I mean I mean Malcolm Perry had a bunch of it was like broken plays that Malcolm Perry made something out of it, right? And and drove him down the field on two straight touchdown drives. To win the game, I mean, you could argue they lost. That, that's that's a game, and Mike Norvell admitted it afterwards. Like he kind of lost the game with his play calling late, um, and that was the first time he he, he should have. Like I said, 
it was. I really think that game set the tone for the rest of the year, and that it it convinced Mike like I got to ride Daryl Henderson. Yeah, more. and um, so I don't know. It'll be. I, I'm curious, Evan. What do you think in this game on Thursday night? What are the the key factors, if you will, that you think will decide the outcome of this one? I think for one, it's going to be up to the defense to figure out how to contain Perry. Um, we saw again, we saw last year Perry late ran wild. I didn't think he dominated the game as much, but in that fourth quarter, he obviously did. So the key for them is slow him down. Don't get caught up in the pass when he passes because apparently he is passing more this year. For, He's thrown sixteen passes through two games, yeah. which is for Navy probably double what you normally see. Right, and, and they, especially considering they've won going away, like they sometimes they have to throw the ball late in games because they're trailing. Right, the fact that they've been dominate they've dominated their two games and thrown sixteen passes is notable. Right, so I think the key is basically obviously keep an eye on him, watch him. Um, the defense said they're ready for the cup blocks and everything. I think you asked that or somebody else did. Mm-hmm. But the defense is pretty much going to have to really – this is going to be – if Ole Miss was a barometer for how good this defense is, I think Navy will be a test to see how good can this defense be because they're going to have to carry, rely on them to carry them in this game, I think. Because I don't know how the offense is going to look with, you know, obviously no Patrick Taylor. But can Kenneth Gainwell and Kyle Watkins be ready for that physical pounding? You know, we're not sure yet. So I think – the defense are probably going to have to go win this game, I think. That's my biggest key is. Well, and the, the good thing is, I mean, you look at this defense, most of them played in last year's game. Now, I don't know if the, the plan might be slightly different with a new defensive coordinator and Adam Fuller, and I don't know, you can speak to this. You wrote, you have a story up at commercialappeal.com. He's he's played against the triple option when he was a... Um, the D.C. at Chattanooga. Yeah, D.C. at Chattanooga. Um, I've always found... When you play against these triple option offenses, the biggest key is, like, those interior defensive linemen don't rack up a lot of tackles in this, but if they can take on multiple blockers, that is, like, the key. Because then you get free hitters in your linebacker and secondary. And that, you know, like, like O'Brien Goodson will probably only have a tackle or two in this game, but if he, you know, but he could be the biggest key to the game. Because if he can take on multiple blockers on the interior there, and then you got you have to. I was always told you have to stop the dive. Like mm-hmm. if you can take away the dive play and make it so they're having to run outside always, they're gonna have to. They have to run their pitch and you know what have you. If you can stop that dive play, if you can keep them from gaining four or five yards on that dive play every time, you can you can really blunt the triple option. Well, let me ask you this, because we saw against Southern that that option pitch really kind of fooled Memphis at first. Do you think that that's something to worry about with this defense just because of how well Southern did it with obviously not a quarterback as yes. good as Perry? I mean, it always is. This is why Navy, I mean, like, the triple option is not complicated. It's just, it's hard to stop. It's like, you know, it's why Navy, you know, it's like Navy's done it for years and years and years now. And they've had, for the most part, a lot of success. Like, if it was just, if teams had a lot of success stopping it, Navy would have switched offenses at this point. You know? And so, um, yes, I do, I would worry about Memphis stopping them, just like I'd worry about anyone, you know, stopping the triple option. Well, I mean, just the pitch, because obviously when they go out to the outside, that's where Perry can shine because of his speed a little bit. Well, I think that's, but ultimately, I think that's what you want. You want him to pitch it. That is, the to me, the ideal outcome. You don't want him to keep it. You want him to pitch it, I think. 
Um, I was just more worried about him. You know, if he fakes the pitch and he runs, that's where he's dangerous because of that speed. Well, and that's, again, that's why you need your interior. Because what happens is, with the triple option, is the quarterback, for you'll, you'll have a defensive end or a linebacker who ends up matched up with the quarterback, and the quarterback is reading that defender. Whether, whatever, if he goes after Perry, Perry will pitch it. If he doesn't, and so if you can take up multiple blockers on the interior, that gives you more free hitters so that it's not just one guy forced to, you know, you know, like I think a guy who could be really valuable in this game, for instance, a guy who's come on strong this year is J.J. Russell. If you have speedy linebackers who can, who can play physical inside and runs run sideline to sideline. That's really valuable. Like I used to co- when I covered Virginia Tech, they played Georgia Tech every year and Paul Johnson. And what Bud Foster would do, and it, what he started doing after the first year when Georgia Tech killed Virginia Tech with the triple option is he would he turned you know Kyle Fuller who plays for the Chicago Bears now. Kyle Fuller is a cornerback, but he's a good tackling cornerback for Georgia Tech week. Bud Foster would make him the team's middle linebacker. And so you had a fast guy who could tackle well in there, and that's why J.J. Russell is a fast guy who's a good, good who has been a good tackler this year. And so guys like that are going to be valuable. It's the grunts on the line taking up multiple blockers, and then those free hitters, if you will, making sure tackles. And again, like I said, I think it, it, a lot of it comes down to. If they can get four or five yards on that dive play whenever they want, you're in trouble. You're just in trouble because then that gives them the triple option. You want to take away at least take away one of the options, right? If you will, and so we'll, we'll see how it all plays out um, in terms of in terms of that. I, I wanted to ask you. We mentioned Patrick Taylor, right? Mike Norvell said said this week Taylor's not playing against Navy. Chris Claybrooks, the cornerback, is not playing. But I want to ask you about this in terms of Taylor, in terms of the news that came out yesterday about Derek King at Houston. Um, and, and I guess the, what, what's Corbin is the wide receiver? Mm-hmm. Basically, yeah. Derek King, Houston's starting quarterback and one of their starting wide receivers, announced that they are going to take advantage of this new redshirt rule. Keith Corbin. Keith Corbin and redshirt um, the rest of the season. Presumably to come back next year to Houston, although not Derek King, his dad. Well, he well, said it, he said it, his dad oh, he's said he might transfer. Derek King said in a statement he's intending to come back yeah. to Houston. So who knows what's going to happen there? It strikes me as a I want to see what Houston looks like next year type of thing. But <laughs> right. if you're Patrick Taylor, I was thinking about this last night. He's already missed three games. I sense he's going to probably I, – I, I had heard and, and my gut had told me that Temple was the game he was going to come back, just judging from what I've seen and heard. If you're Memphis and Patrick Taylor, do you consider a red shirt? This, this is tough, and here's why. I, would, I thought about this a little bit. Like, do you let's – let's, let's say – and let's say this scenario – let's say in this scenario – it actually goes beyond Temple. Like, this injury takes even longer than we think to get healthy. Right. Let's say he can't come back till November. Let's like like let's let's make it that scenario. I think if he can come back for Temple, I don't think you register. But right. let's say he can't come back till November, and you you know, and and let's say it's. I mean, like my sent my my question with this injury and Patrick Taylor is not whether he can come back, 
but what Patrick Taylor will come back? Like, is he going to be 80% of what he was? Is it something that's not going to completely heal? You know, like, those are the big questions I have. And I, I just wonder, you know, and I guess it's hard. This hypothetical is hard because we don't know exactly how right. bad the injury is. Right. But I'm curious your thoughts. So we've seen him basically on a, in a boot on the sidelines the last few weeks. Like, he's been... And on crutches. And on crutches. So what what he comes back to, he's going to take a while to get into shape. I don't expect his first game he'll run for 100 yards just because that's – if he does, great to him. But if not – Oh, I think it's it's proven. I mean, he's, I don't think – I think you've got Kenny Gainwell. You've maybe got Kylan Watkins, guys you can rely on. You don't need to have him as the right. workhorse when right. he comes back. So, so looking ahead to next year, so looking at Memphis' recruiting class. So if Taylor were to – Decide to redshirt. Here's what you got coming back. You got Gainwell. You got Watkins. They got this four-star running back, Asa Martin, who was at Auburn last year, who is going to be eligible next year in the spring. They got this kid, Kalen Granberry, who was at Riley Egypt a couple years ago. He's at, um, he was a freshman All-American on the JUCO level. He's coming in next year. So you got four backs next year. And Rodriguez Clark. And Rodriguez Clark. So you got five backs coming back next year who are going to find some time to get on the field. If well, he ain't going to play five running backs. No, no, no. Clark will play special teams if he needs to. But my thing is... If what strikes me as a situation, some of those... I guarantee you, in a year, if you, you just named so many running backs, not all of them are going to be on the roster in a year or two. No. <laughs> no, but if you're Taylor, I mean, it, you could think about it because obviously, you know, your stock has gone down a little bit. You're not going to probably get 1,000 yards unless you come back against uh, Temple. So you're looking at this like... Do I look at this? Do I look at this running back room and say, "Yeah, I can come back and star in this room"? Or if you're or if you're Norvell, are you thinking, "Well, I got to sweet talk some of these guys and be like, hey, stick around one more year because Taylor's going to come back.' But after he's gone, you'll be that guy." So I mean, it, there's it's a lot a, of it is interesting when you list out those running backs. Like it's it puts Mike Norvell in an interesting dilemma in that I'm a, you know he went into this year assuming this was the last year for Patrick Taylor, but I don't think Taylor's yardage matters as much as what is he going to for his stop draft stock it's what he's going to look like when he comes back and so it's to me it's it, it'll be very interesting like that's the key to me is is he going to be completely healthy when he comes back or is he going to be 75 percent of what he was and he won't be completely healthy till like you know after the bowl game or at the bowl game type of thing and so i i think that i i would if i'm patrick taylor I'm giving it. I, if I'm not, if 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 it's something that's going to stretch into November, I'm giving it serious consideration, because he, you know, I, because he came back because he wanted to improve his draft stock, and if he's playing at 75 percent this year, that's not going to help his draft stock. So I, I think it presents, and it's just totally the, to me, it's a totally different scenario than. What's going on at Houston in the sense that Houston is one and three, and right. Derek King, while he's coming back from an injury, is not injured. You know, it's different, um, and it's different. I also think it probably, like honestly, if Memphis is seven and zero when he comes, you know, like I think that changes things too for Patrick Taylor. You know, because he probably wants, you know, you probably want him back if you're competing for an undefeated season and a, you know and a New Year's Six Bowl and things like that. But I'll be fascinated to see how these next few weeks play out with him. Um, and I'm not – I this is not through any reporting or any – like I don't know if Patrick Taylor's 
considering Richard. I was just thinking about it when I heard the news of Dear King. I was like, hmm, that might make sense for Patrick Taylor if this injury is more serious than than what we know right now. Now, Mike Norvell, I believe, said he's progressing. I think yeah. he did say that. He, he, also, he also said to the Touchdown Club last week that he expects maybe a few more weeks to see. Um, they're obviously going to if he can come back sooner, they'll take him. But he said to them maybe a few more weeks. So, well, last week in the Memphis Tigers football Facebook group, a fan posted a screenshot of a Instagram direct message from Patrick Taylor. I guess they were conversating and uh patrick taylor said three to five weeks as of last week in the direct message um so and that lines up with possibly the temple game or something like that so we shall see well it'll be a a fun week at the liberty bowl a big game thursday night um we'll be there Lots of coverage on commercialappeal.com. Last home game till October 19th. Wow. If I'm reading yeah, it right. That's right. Yep. So, wow. Yep. Yeah. And I, I believe Laird Veach is going to be there, the new athletic director. He starts next week, next week. officially, but he'll be at the game Thursday night. So um, be on national TV, on ESPN. Um, and so a uh, nice showcase, good potential showcase for Memphis. Feels like, Evan. If they win this, they'll be in the top 25 next I week. I think they have a good chance. Right now they're sitting at 26 in the coaches' poll. If something shakes out, then it's going to be in the top 25 in the coaches' poll. AP, still got more work to do, but a win gives them a good you chance. You look impressive in this game on national TV. I think it'll, it, it really helps your cause in terms of the rankings. Well, till next week, till after the game, we're, uh, we'll see you then. Um, I'm Mark. I'm joined by Evan and Jason. Um, Thanks so much. A new episode of the Tiger Football Podcast posts each Tuesday during the regular season. You can also subscribe to the show for free on Apple Podcasts and Google Play. I'm Sean King. The Tiger Football Podcast is a production of The Commercial Appeal.